Summer. Hello, everyone. I'm Sister Megs. I'm Sister Beach. Welcome to Parkin' Sisters. Welcome. Welcome Always a pleasure. Always to have you. Take your shoes off. Take them off. Take them off. Have a beer. I'm having this evening um, Bellingham Blondale, Bellingham, by Boundary Bay Brewing. It's a lot of Boundary Bay. Sister B just having Boundary Bay Brewing spelling and blonde. I I am having this Chenin Blanc from Metropolitan Market. Chenin Blanc. It's just I I prefer it when it comes to white wine. I prefer it because it's just creamier and it's more of like like mm. honeysuckle almost, mm. but not you not like sweet, you know. You know what's not an adjective I want next to the beverage I'm drinking is like nutty or buttery. Yeah, I and that that would be the Chardonnay, wouldn't it? It mm. would be Amer- American Chardonnay. Oh, excuse uh, me. Yeah. So the difference is American Chardonnay. They finish it in it's in um, oak barrels, and then uh, French Chardonnay is finished in stainless steel. So you don't get that you in the French, it's more like lemon. Um, it's not buttery or oaky at all. I, I don't know if this is true or not. Like an old coworker at my old job told me that um, buttery Chardonnay was made by mistake. Really? But I, yeah. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to ask, uh, I'd have to ask Bart. I think he might, he might've also been told that story from an buttery old Bart buttery bart <laughs> i'd love so that ties in perfectly with the theme of the evening which is myth busting and so we'll have bart on deck for busting those butter myths those butter myths yeah so i guess basically just some parkinson's myths that um we've heard or even believed over the years that is not necessarily true obviously no. um and I just need to disclaim medically that we are no experts of any kind. We need, to get, we need to get an effect that like, it goes medical disclaimer and they spin every episode. <laughs> can, can Jackie do his best like um, infomercial voice? Yeah, we can include a clip of that at the end if you mm-hmm. want. See if he'll come in here and throw the cans on. Yeah, I want that really bad. Actually... I mean, is he responsible for our jingle as well? Or is that you? That was going to be me. He was going to help me record it because audio engineering is his specialty. And this is Jackie, my boyfriend, by the way. This is junk. My live-in boyfriend. (laughs) Somebody asked him to live in. So he did. (laughs) (laughs) And then he became my boyfriend. Um, All right. Yeah. So I guess like we can start off with... um, reactions to the diagnosis uh i've stated before that um i was i was too young to understand like i don't think i was ever told the name of the disease like we would refer to it as like being parky remember that oh yeah that was sort of a cute way to talk about it yeah so mm-hmm. I don't, I am, I can't bring much to the table as far as reaction to diabetes. You don't remember your um, 15 minutes of local fame? No, what? Really? Okay, so in a local paper, our father 
who aren't in his <laughs> bedroom right now. Um, and I'm kind of contemplating getting him out here for some some verification, but mm-hmm. we'll see if I can circle back to him. He was featured in a local paper because he was such a such an interesting tale mm-hmm. as a man of late 30s diagnosed with what at the time especially was just considered to be like an older folks disease and a fixture in the community he was a fixture in the community in some communities working at the club yeah Mm -hmm. and he was interviewed and quoted you in this interview my youngest asked me but papa I'm a fucking Victorian orphan. <laughs> you wish. But papa, can I get it? Mm, mm. I don't remember that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a really understandable reaction, especially as a wee. A little kid, yeah. yeah you were, you asked, is it contagious? And dad dispelled that myth. Thank you. Aaron just deposited some tea. Uh, I would just also like to personally disclaim that I have COVID it's the the first time so I, I thought I'd acknowledge at least the like effect it's having on my voice and persona well and just spread aware like awareness like oh yeah it's been you popular. can get it even yeah. though you're vaccinated and boosted so you should still be wearing your goddamn mask yeah I mean there's a lot of contentious data on that makes I think just know that you can get it and make your decision and your research individually. That's my thoughts on it. I say wear a mask. I'm I'm in the big city and I was just telling Jackie today that it's like a huge like um social distancing thing of the past. Thing of the past. It, yeah. Anyway, let's not. No, we're definitely not doing that. <laughs> we can it's do enough to like bring on the Parkinson's myths. <laughs> yeah all right so your reaction how did you take it you were you were eight right yeah I do not remember the conversation in the slightest which is like does that mean it's not a memorable telling were mom and dad super casual about it because they together yeah I mean they were together when dad was diagnosed well shit I (laughs) The divorce was the mo- more significant. I converse. think that must be why we don't remember. I mean, it just took over. I don't. Decade. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can go fetch Bri, but I don't remember there ever being a conversation about his diagnosis. Like a formal, a formal one, I should say. I remember being in the car and he was shaking, you know, or. And we were like, what's going on there? And he's like, oh, it's my thing. But it's my thing. Yeah, yeah I don't. He calls it my condition. My condition. Um, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's sort of a blurry time. Um, yeah. But I was just wondering, like, why my, our memory making, at least mine, because I think I was old enough to mm-hmm. sort of code that scene into my mind's eye but again I think the way that they delivered the news must have been very um 
casual, which sure, probably for the best. Sorry. They, they omitted a lot of detail. Yeah. I want to say I'm working on getting an actual microphone, so I'm sorry about the breath noises, but I mean, it's this is all I've got for now. I, don't, I must um, not have a subtle enough ear because I didn't catch any. I just can, heard. No, you can hear it when you watch back. The videos oh, you can hear it yeah so sorry guys i'm working on it i'll get a camera or microphone jackie might have one anyway um i'm just gonna like dot this this episode with psas i think <laughs> uh <laughs> um well the whole shaking thing too like i was saying dad shaking in the car that kind of brings me to the myth where like people think that um patients are just constantly sh like shaking like you know like you're starving or you know or an alcoholic or you know what I mean like just crazy shakes and um it's not that's not it at all I've had so many people be like oh so he shakes a lot huh and it's like no it's the stiffness is the more prolific side of or symptom I I guess like well I mean Maybe that be our first note is that Parkinson's affects everyone differently. Differently. And I mean, I imagine if I had Parkinson's for so many years, I'd get a little tired of hearing that because then that means treatment becomes even harder. Everyone is different. It's idiosyncratic for most people, which means yeah. that you know, you don't know how it, you got it, where it came from, like COVID <laughs> shows up at your door like your dad <laughs> who brought COVID into my door. <laughs> Needless to say, it's nobody's fault. Anyway, um, we're at the tail end. What would be another myth for you? I'm trying to think of like the, the big ones. Um, that you have to be, that you, in order to have, have Parkinson's, you're probably 70 plus. Right, yeah. And in reality, that that average age is getting younger and younger and maybe I'll confirm this and put it in the show notes but I know it's closer to mid-50s now mm -hmm. yeah I mean we I have met a 16 year old with Parkinson's Ooh. um yeah it's infrequent mm -hmm. but happen yeah that's why people are so surprised like throughout like throughout my life yet so many people particularly um adults uh like real adults as I call them not 20 somethings like me uh he, like are just super shocked but they're like he got it when you know mm -hmm. um people my age are more like oh that's you know that's sad my you know my grandpa had it mm -hmm. didn't you know it's more I don't know it's more of a shock to like older people mm -hmm. because maybe it's just more like something they maybe worry about like getting alzheimer's or having dementia or something yeah Maybe, and i also you know. think there's yeah there's also probably an, um, sorry george george is like really having a day our cat okay. um he's in the kitchen just throwing shit around cat riot anywho yeah, I think that probably for folks over a certain age, they have to then imagine themselves in their 30s with a diagnosis like that, whereas mm -hmm. they're seeing their parents age. Um, yeah. 
and decline and so to imagine it happening to them yeah I mean it's just like in Moonstruck when Rose tells Cosmo you're gonna die just like everybody else and he's like thanks Rose and he's all pissed off you fucking love that movie oh my god it is good it, I think it's really good it's on my list of like you know desert island mm. movies for sure Moonstruck. mine would be beginners i think yeah it's that's fantastic it's just a little somber whereas well, Moonstruck yeah when you want to know of like yeah everyone's gonna die but like remember the 80s in brooklyn remember Cher? Academy Award winner. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Also, Mermaids. Uh, I haven't seen Mermaids. Please do. Okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> this episode is just kind of a, this is a free-for-all. Mini. Well, it's a free-for-all because it's mythical, Mix. We're taking on lore here. Lore. Yeah. Um, what would you say is another one? Um, that it's an old white man's disease. Right. So Statistically, that's kind of like- that is going to play out a little bit, you know, truthfully, but it, it just misrepresents the variety of people who have it, which is anybody and everybody. I mean, we're yeah. finding that I think data doesn't capture it outside of, you know, Western countries as well. What a surprise. But that then doesn't, represent the ethnic and racial composition of uh, the incidence of the disease and it's actually pretty diverse anybody can have parkinson's um and that that's something that i was really interested in in a lot for a while because i know dad's diagnosis was attributed to exposure to glyphosate which is the active ingredient in Roundup. I'm gonna name brand. I'm gonna brand the name. Which is like a f- bug killer or what well, it's it? an insecticide herbicide. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's what um our dad's uh friend who also has Parkinson's, he attributed it to the um in the 70s, the caterpillar they sprayed agent orange or something they no not yeah, that was vietnam right i think you're thinking of ddt is what they yeah. spread over uh, agricultural areas yeah yeah and then agent orange was a chemical used in war in vietnam yeah yeah so not i don't think that our dad's friend was in in nom was i think rich was the age of a nom veteran wasn't he was he i cannot for the life of me picture it but i know possible Anyway, sorry for the the random name drops. We've got a lot of we have a lot of friends in the community. That we've friends got. in the community. Over the years, we've gotten very active. Yeah, yeah and I, I think like just touching on like people assuming it's like a old white guy thing. I I'd like to acknowledge that I think that's a trip. People think that not only because of Michael Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. but also because of you know, we need to talk about privilege, you know, and these older white men be having more access to treatment because treatment is expensive. If you want to get DBS, the, um, what is it? Deep, deep brain surgery? Stimulation. Stimulation. Thank you. 
if you all of that that's expensive you know we were super fortunate that we had fundraisers and you know friends and family to help so i think that could be a reason why a lot of people associate the disease with with uh white men basically well, it, the diagnosis itself is going to be delayed for people who are not wealthy and yes. statistically it's true that you're less likely to be wealthy if you're not white in the united states at least and yeah. um i mean we really don't need to get into the semantics of privilege i don't think but there's a sociological reality there yeah. that means that your chances of diagnosis get kind of fucked up because you're probably more likely to be the er for something totally unrelated yeah. um which sucks and in dad's case even right a youthful white man with all the kind of uh, clout i think the average patient could arguably have yeah he had to work really hard spend years and years getting a diagnosis figuring out why he was waking up feeling like frankenstein mm. you know and couldn't move how scary and it took i think we talked about this in another episode but it took a fairly young neurologist mm -hmm. as well to be like i think it's parkinson's and the other senior neurologist was like no way you know he's, i mean he's too young he's too young yeah um yeah it's i i always kind of forget about that part of the story yeah it's it really sticks in my mind as the most vivid scene for me for not having been a part of that yeah you know, how you can kind of create the memories if you were a fly on the wall you know what that expression reminds me of is clay aiken why <laughs> i think like post-american idol he had a song about being a fly on the wall and i just <laughs> imagine like that clay aiken hair like his head on the body of a fly what an unlikely hero. Clay. Anyway. Poor Ruben. Oh. Wow, American Idol. <laughs> I just, we were on the edge of our seats for years. I always wanted to vote, but mom wouldn't let me because it cost money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had, like, day. like, what is it? That little disclaimer. Um, Standard messaging rate supply or whatever. yeah that was get, like really fast that's back well and it was also like it was um it was through the phone like you called and so that's back when you bought minutes mm -hmm. on cell phones um and then there's some other charge for the landline yeah the so mom was like no you're not you don't get a say who <laughs> <laughs> becomes the American idol poor, poor. Jesus fucking Christ, this episode. Um, you know what? I'm going to do something kind of wild here, Megs. Hmm. I'm going to throw a myth into the conversation. Let's hear it. That I, I don't think I can bust. But at one point, I was working or trying to work with a group affected by Parkinson's in Ireland. And mm -hmm. I went out to meet uh, one of the members. And her name is Katrin. And she... I'm not trying to be like pretentiously pronouncing the name Catherine. It's like spelled C-A-T-R-Y-N, Catherine. 
thank you. And she made this really great joke that kind of runs through my head whenever I think about how it's supposedly and probably more men have Parkinson's than women, but um, she also had observed something that I noticed, which is that it seemed as if more men with Parkinson's had speech difficulties than women with Parkinson's. Like that wasn't their most annoying symptom. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's because women talk more. We've used these muscles so much better, so much more efficiently. Um, you know, thank God. You know. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cute too. Because I know for us, for dad, speech is very hard. Yeah. But there's a myth for you. There's a myth. I dare you. We'll see, we'll see awesome. if we can we can uh, start polling. <laughs> that would be cool if we started this like really insane and like non-useful data collection. <laughs> it wouldn't be the least productive thing that I've done. No, it would, be, it would be pretty good for me for sure, especially after this week of illness. But yeah, I yeah, know like, you know, most popular Parkinson's uh, what? like workout song breakfast meal parkinson's outfit you know terry would have an answer for all of these things terry what's your best parkinson's outfit she's gonna say something like my, my pearls coat yeah my pearls yeah mm. i'm trying to think of like more myths but I really nothing's coming to mind I think it's more just like more about assumption mm -hmm. than myth so you go from myth into just uh yeah just like stereotyping stereotyping I guess but um that's gonna come with a lot of you know illnesses that people that have not been super researched that people don't understand um I've had people ask me uh how he's gonna get how he's gonna heal from it mm. but that's just being misinformed like there's no cure for Parkinson's unfortunately yeah I wish that was a myth yeah I do wish I wish that was a myth too but we're I mean we're all working towards it I think know? that that's something dad would say is a myth is that in 10 years there will be a cure like I feel like he's been told that since he was diagnosed like almost what 25 years ago so yeah. which is not to say like you know dump your hope in a garbage it's just that it probably gets really old hearing that yes because I'm sure at some point the hope you have for that is gone mm -hmm. you know and so it's just I certainly don't like hearing it and I can only imagine if I were to have Parkinson's or get it eventually wouldn't really like false promises or false expectations isn't that like a thing about like the word fear it's like false evidence appearing real or something like that oh. I, I heard it's that like a very Jamie thing <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I heard, yeah. I, I heard it like years ago but I fuck I don't know 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is just like, in regards to want or like hoping for a cure or whatever, like just as long as you are, you know, donating if you can, when you can, you know, volunteering, you know, we do all kinds of fun shit for, for, uh, or we did for your old job. Yeah. And I think, well, for different, different organizations have different offerings. Um, Mm -hmm. like Michael J. Fox is truly the leader in Parkinson's Mm -hmm. research and there are different global orgs and stuff. It's fun to get involved and ridiculous how many ways there are to do it it's like for some reason my colleague who is a medical social clinical social worker said that of all the communities she's worked with Parkinson's is the most like um volunteeristic because they all just decide to start their own you know non-profit (laughs) she's like it gets a little bit you know hard to compete for funds because they're all (laughs) raising money or they're all you know starting some initiative but it's great you know yeah I mean our dad started his own (laughs) nonprofit too Uh, that's too funny Sarah said that Mm -hmm. okay I invited her on hopefully we'll have her in the near future that'd be fun yeah <laughs> so I don't know that just makes like just makes me laugh. Uh there's just something just so unique and wholesome and wonderful about the Parkinson's community. Like I just it's I can't explain it, you know? Like there's just no I I just can't just describe a hundred percent like how welcoming and supportive the community is because ultimately there's no ulterior motives you know there's no there's just nothing but like acceptance and love and support and it's just like I feel like we I don't think I could have gotten through 26 years of this without without that community especially when you started that job with the nonprofit. I feel like that's when I really started to uh, engage more yeah and I think for family in particular when you can't necessarily no just period you can't live for your family member with parkinson's you can't change yeah. anything for them directly um so to be able to help in this way is is huge yeah i would say i recommend it but i also understand needing distance from it i mean when we grew up with parkinson's it felt like the other family member in the house yeah constantly so it took me quite a while to come around to want to be immersed in the community and I'm so glad I did but yeah but you needed yeah Yeah. you needed that distinction and that's Mm -hmm. fine that's basically what I did for most of my teens my teenage years and probably the first few years of my early 20s I was like, I just like my, yeah, that's a really good way. I was like, that's, that was my childhood. Mm-hmm. I got to go, I got to do my thing. I got to go live in Europe. You know, I need to find my own life and then come circle back. And I feel like now 
I'm ready to embrace the uh, my my third sibling, Parkinson's. Yikes. And that's going to be the name of my uh, memoir, the third sibling. <laughs> that's good. I think that's it for myths, unless you have anything from around the apartment to share. Anything mythical going around there? That's Tina. Tina, actually, my dog, she actually was a guard dog to me last night. I was unfortunately being followed. Were you really? Yes, last night on her last walk. And I noticed and eventually he got close and she like planted and just went like, and it freaked him the fuck out. And yeah, yeah so turns out she is not just bark. So <laughs> I believe you know, Dude, I would yeah. want Tina in a dark alley. That's fantastic. Maybe yeah, it was really scary. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, city life. But <laughs> when you live in the city, you take those <laughs> risks. All right. See, Farm girl. Here, here's the thing: if I was caught in an alley with Willa and a strange follower, she would befriend them. Like it, it I'd be fucked. She'd be like, "Lick, <laughs> hello." No, Tina, I think she, because Tina is also super friendly too. I think that she knew. She sensed it. Sensed maybe my fear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dog, dogs and kids, they can sense shit. Yeah. Dogs and little kids. Well, I'm going to, if I hope I never have to be in that situation, but I'll trust her instincts. And I'm yeah. glad to know that you've got teen. Sister teen. Sister teen yeah yeah that's pretty much my only interesting mm. this is my new podcast uh position okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make this the uh whoa that was like some disneyland like photos <laughs> For those who are just listening, Maggie is um, doing a fantastic job of recreating Splash Mountain. <laughs> oh my god, I love Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I well, here's my anecdote. I mowed the back of our field today, which really is kind of a bummer because it's beautiful Kentucky bluegrass, and when you let it go tall the bunnies run wild you know the voles the critters the bugs and so I feel terrible mowing it down but after a certain point we can't our mower is not nice we don't have a tractor so we have to kind of stay on top of it and dad really let us slide <laughs> let me tell you he's our resident mower so I'm out there mowing away and I look over across the fence and I see our neighbor also mowing and we had this moment of Mo where we just sort of like brandished a fist, but you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had a moment. Moments. Moments. Moments well, I just looked into the camera and I just did it again. <laughs> it might be time. I'm so tired. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for tagging along. Put your shoes back on because that's the end of this episode. Time tight. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, See you guys next week. Yes. Take care.